0: Welcome to the D-Hud Podcast. It feels like we have not done this in a long ass time. Yeah, I'm Moby, by the way. Uh oh shit, I'm Leela Steele.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, leave that in. You're so used to, You're so used to being fucking alone that
0: you're just you'll just do the podcast a yeah. lot. I know uh, who I am. Well, <laughs> now I, I only talk to me now, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listener, this is the first time we've
1: ever done the podcast not together in the same room I just picked up this premium microphone uh you'll see it on Kijiji (laughs) shortly as soon as I'm done recording (laughs) and the look of disgust as Leland gave me a non-social distance glance as I picked up the microphone
0: you 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 came within five feet of me I I did
1: yeah I got to redo that Coolio song because you're living in
0: an introvert's paradise right now (laughs) It's still really surreal, though, man. Everything. Like, I've... In a couple of days, it'll... it will. I mean, obviously not for, for release, but on time of recording. Like, I will... I'll, I'm, I've am i been off work for three weeks. I've been laid off for three weeks. I don't know what I've done in three weeks. <laughs> are you are you bored as fuck, or are you actually filling it with time? Uh, I mean, I am filling it. Um, you know, one of our <laughs> topics today, a Resident Evil 3 remake, certainly is filled a chunk of that time um yeah i'm keeping busy so it's not like i'm bored i haven't renewed my netflix subscription yet though i am on certainly on the edge of doing that Hmm. well yeah i I guess that's pretty important
1: i mean there's a lot going on there um there there's a banter that uh i kind of well i mean both my banters touch on the whole social isolation thing so um, i guess i guess we might as well jump into it um My small banter is that, uh, I think it's according to BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation, gaming in general, just said gaming, video gaming, um, has increased in 75% since like mid-March. Whoa. So like Steam sales, consoles, Switches are now sold out everywhere again. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty nuts. But I mean... This is like the closest thing to social stuff that we have, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I I just... I guess what I would actually hope... This is kind of really far flung, but um, there's so much early access games out there, and I hope with developers locked at home, they can actually get early access games to full access. Sometimes I roll my eyes at how much fucking early access there is nowadays that's never like completed.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. I, I wonder what the what generally what the percentage of completion is when an early access title drops because sometimes it is literally years before the full, you know, quote unquote finished version is out. And mm-hmm. what I mean, what's really what is the difference in a lot of cases? Uh I mean, one that specifically comes to mind a game that I was really into a couple years back. They are billions. Um, I'm not sure how long it was in early, ac- early access for, but basically, you know, it's like a tower defense uh, zombie survival game, and right. you very fun game. I, I do I do really enjoy it. But like the full access released a few months ago, and it was just basically a, like a, a full single player campaign. Apparently, it's like upwards of forty to sixty hours long if you wanted to go through all of it and do everything in it. Wow, which is a lot of which is a lot of content. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I don't know what else to say on that topic. I didn't want to go on a tangent too much there,
0: but you know, it's it's just a thing. So, what do you have for your first banter? Honestly, other than RE three, which we're going to talk to talk about in depth, I've I've been playing. Uh, I picked up Control because it was again a lot of sales uh, on the PSN, and Control is really really fun. I really like it. I've gotten distracted from it though, yet, and I'm finding it. I'm finding it. Dif- uh, I'm finding it difficult to get back to it. D- distracted by RE three. By RE three, yes. I ha- I I wasn't able to. F- I didn't finish Control before RE three came out. Right. And maybe I should have just waited on buying it. Hmm. I don't know, but I, I I'm I am having trouble getting back. Back to control i'm still <laughs> for fucking some reason playing resident evil 3 <laughs> you're, you're out of control i don't i don't know you're out I don't of control know. but but no but i do like control it's really cool it's like a it's a great blend of alan wake and and like psyops two of my two of my very favorite games in the history of my video gaming career alan wake especially man i love to fuck out alan wake when it when it came out I don't know. The aesthetic is really cool. Uh, the game planes, gameplay is pretty pretty tight uh, and interesting, but I find that it has very 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 random difficulty spikes in some oh. areas, and it can be it can be pretty pretty frustrating. Specifically with some of the boss fights, just like suddenly you get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> sounds uh, I hate to say it sounds like some of the other games
1: you play. Sounds like Dark Souls. Sounds like Sicero, Saputo, yeah. whatever that
0: was. <laughs> Saputo. Yeah, but uh, the difference, though, between Control and those games is those other games are consistently difficult. And with Control's difficulty spikes, it's not like the game is teaching you how to be better or... Or showing it like like Sekiro. Basically, there's a point in Sekiro Shadowside twice where if you aren't good at a few specific techniques, you will have a terrible, terrible, terrible time with the rest of that game. There gets to a point where if you have not learned how to do those, like near flawlessly, then you're kind of fucked. Wow. And Control doesn't really put you through the paces to be able to teach you how to get good at those techniques, like these other games do, and are, and I think they're f- better. A better design for it
1: hmm. well, glad you're staying busy. My second and final banter uh, is more just like a recommendation uh to listener, which is stardew Valley multiplayer you myself, ghost Marty, my brother non listener <laughs> um <laughs> we've all we've We've all been playing, and it's it's really awesome. To have that four-person farm. I'm really enjoying it. And so, I mean, we've kind of leveled into our stuff. I, uh, I like to catch a lot of fish. I've got my fishy traps. Uh, you've got um, a variety of uh, poultry and uh, and bovines, which yep. you're, you're pleasantly raising. Do you remember all their names? If I tell you, ask you their names right now, can you give them to me?
0: Um, okay, the cows are uh, Beef... Uh, oh my God, man. I, how do I not remember them? Fuck. I don't even know the chickens though. Cause they're, cause we've required them. The, the, the latest are boo, not a cluck. And, oh man, what's the other one? I don't, I can't, damn it. How can I not you, remember the name? You can't, you can't do it. That's okay. But okay. So
1: I, I'm the Fisher guy. You're, you're the animal guy. Uh, and ghost Marty is just the spend money guy. Um you know he, every night he eats off of iridium plated uh forks and knives um his mother of pearl dishes uh rides around on a magic carpet pretty much so uh if you do play Stardew Valley with your friends and family, listener, don't be ghost
0: marty That's the moral of the story no, 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 <laughs> it is very fun though. I'm having a good time with it,
1: yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun to just pick up for an hour hour and a half here there, but um. Yeah, that's really all I got for banter. Alright, let's get
0: right into crazy about cardboard. This is kind of our DigiBoards 2.0, you have it here titled. Uh, and with we've touched on some of this before, way back in episode 48, we kind of talked yeah. about some uh online tabletop gaming, basically. Right. <laughs> well we'll try not to repeat some some of what we've said there, but and really kind of frame it in in a way of uh, like just Because we we, we spoke about how prevalent we think they currently are and how prevalent they will become. And obviously now in this COVID crisis, they are ridiculously prevalent. And they are a lot of people's sole means of getting the type of tabletop feels that they can no longer get in purpose due to self-isolation restrictions. Right, and this
1: was actually inspired by some friends of mine um who are not very prolific gamers saying, "Hey, do you want to play board games online just to keep in touch?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, we had discussed, you know, a few months ago that um this could one day become a thing." And like you just said, now it's being thrown into the forefront of, yeah, it's a thing. And people are people are actively searching board games out to play online. So Yeah, I framed this, what I've got for this segment, um, differently, but, uh, yeah, my hope is to just let listener know a bit of what's out there, um, and also maybe some recommendations and maybe some games that are popular to stay away from. I found a few of
0: those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, um, I think it was a a couple weeks ago, there was, like, this time and period, uh, near the end of March, it was right at the end of March, where kind of some of these heavier, especially in North America, a lot of the heavier, Uh, isolation restrictions and uh, so many businesses closing down um, really came into effect a lot of these uh, the free like web-based places like uh, board game arena uh, and uh, tabletopia and that kind of stuff like they were you couldn't get on them because they were maxed out like there were so many users trying to get on you just could not use them which is fairly crazy i don't know of those sites um, other than maybe you know when they were first up and running and and getting uh started if they have had spikes like that i like i really doubt it
1: well it's it's funny because board game arena is one of the prime choices that i've got on my list again if you can get on um yeah. it seems to be really cool i think they've got over 250 board games um they're popular games that you would have heard of you know there's stone age puerto rico seven wonders carcassone Russian Railroads, I mean, there's there's tons on there. And this actually, listener Joe, he might be a listener, um, he actually asked me if I wanted to go on Board Game Arena with him sometime to play some games. So,
0: hmm. yeah. Hey, have you ever tried
1: BoardGameArena.com? Like, can you vouch um, for it?
0: I think I've played a couple games. I've played a few games on uh, Tabletopia. I, I was looking at Tabletop Simulator. And, and Simulator and Tabletopia are, are very similar. They're more... Um, well, tabletop simulator you you pay for you can you buy on Steam, and it and Tabletopia are more of these sandbox kind of implementation where there, there there's no like automation like you would get out of say you download a, a specific app like Twilight Struggle we've mentioned before um, right. like that that specific uh, specifically made app by like the designers and the creators of those specific games right so there's kind of a lot of like Copyright flip flapping on some of these sites, uh, I think, like particularly simulator, uh, but they there's no automation, so that may be annoying for some people, uh, especially used to playing. Uh, I think when you play online, you have a certain expectation of right. of of the type of implement- implementation that you will experience, and I've seen a lot of a lot of con a lot of comments about people bitching about the fact. That oh well why isn't that just really simple a seemingly simple thing automated for you um, because a lot of people a lot of board gamers right now are also uh, streaming playing streaming like simulator or t- tabletop or b- board game arena and stuff uh, of which I've, I've watched quite a quite a few uh, these last few weeks that I've had some more free time and the, there's no automation there because you can literally put any different components that you want onto these virtual tables and do whatever the fuck you want with them and i think though they really simulate the best the tactile experience of playing in person as annoying as it may be manipulating with strictly a a, a mouse right as opposed to your physical hands but 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 you can actually move stuff around
1: like with your. That notes, is how. Ha- right? That's
0: literally how you how you like. There may be a simple like button. Okay, you want to shuffle this deck of cards. You know, you click it, you shuffle, uh, or or that kind of thing. But literally, like you would pick up this the piece you want to move. You <laughs> would click on it to move it. The three spaces that you are moving it, kind of thing, right? And wow. literally assembling it. So,
1: um, I definitely think that type of simulator, uh, has a place though, for sure. With the people that know their games really well and, again, are just after what is the closest experience I can get to having an actual board game with my friends, I totally think that that has a place. The problem is you have to be very upfront with the consumer, especially on something like Steam where, like, almost everybody's on it, on what they're actually buying. And that's actually an excellent segue into my first warning I guess in typical podcast fashion, I'll start with the bad news first and go into the good good games after. But uh, Pandemic scores, if you were to search for board games on Steam, Pandemic appears at the top, so it's very popular. Uh, but the game you can't actually play cannot play online with friends. It's only against AI. And so it's getting hundreds, if not thousands of reviews saying like, what the fuck is this? We're in the middle of Pandemic, I want to play Pandemic with my friends, but I don't want to drop $22 on Solitaire Pandemic, mm-hmm. which unfortunately is a thing, and it's good I read the reviews, because I was close to pinging it up myself, to be honest, so so that was my number one to avoid. My number two to avoid uh, is actually another popular game on Steam, which is called Monopoly Plus. It's only 12 bucks. And Monopoly's, you know, it's something that everybody knows, I mean, I'm not... We discussed it before, but, um, the game is apparently buggy as all hell and it has a lot of game breaking bugs that tend to click in at the end of the game, which would be really annoying. Cause I mean, it's not the world's shortest game. It's not super long, but it's not super short. And there's just a lot of people saying, you know, this was released without bugs and nobody's fixing anything. So, you know, as one of the more popular board games that has ever existed, I would want to warn listener that, um, in particular, if you're going on Steam for virtual board games, uh, you you probably want to give Pandemic Monopoly a pass. I'm just going to throw that out there.
0: (laughs) I think you should give anything Monopoly a pass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Now, on the good side, on the good side, uh, Axis and Allies 1942. Now, I know, yeah, it's Moby talking about Axis and Allies, blah, blah, blah. It does appear to be really good. It's it's popular. I'm probably going to pick it up tonight after we're done podcasting and give it a shot because seeing it there um, looked good. On a similar vein, Risk is actually free to play on Steam and still has very good reviews. So, you know, mm. very simple game. But hey, it's free. But a big one, Ticket to Ride, is $12 on now. I know you haven't. I know you played it. Um, I've never played it despite the game being very popular. Um, But it has extremely overwhelming positive reviews. So I can say that if you're a Ticket to Ride fan, Ticket to Ride on Steam for $12, I can't vouch for it personally, but it would appear that it would be a very good game uh, for you to pick up. Hmm. That's cool. That's good to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah. If if you, I think the thing is, a lot of this online gaming is more uh, easy for you to find if you are more targeted i think where a lot of the confusion and uncertainty can come in is some of more of the the sites that have a large catalog of available games then you it may be difficult to decide to for you, for a person to be like well which one is everyone using which one is would be best for my group um which one offers the best types of games? That might, you know, like it's still a lot of searching. There is not, there's never going to be the one stop shop because, you know, I mean, however, where and in, in what any industry do you get a one stop shop for anything, right? Like, you you unfortunately will not be able to go <laughs> boardgameplay.com and like find every single thing you would could ever want, <laughs> and it runs perfectly smooth with with millions of of users. You know, you know what I mean, like. You still, you still, you still got to shop around.
1: Well, and you, you need, you need a Leland. You need someone in your group that is into board games and technologically savvy enough um, to kind of weed through all these different sites and find out what is best for your group. Now that said, a lot of my research was done actually because I, I think I literally typed into Google "online board games," and a number of blogs came up by people who are big members of the tabletop community like yourself or even more to the point that they actually run their own website blogs for tabletop gaming. And they basically go through the pros and cons of the many various sites that are out there. And not only did I find it very useful for my research for this segment, but as someone who would potentially be setting up a group, I found those blogs to be excellent. There was at least three that I thought were really well written
0: yeah there's oh especially now, as of late, there's so many resources that you can go and find that'll go into much more depth than you and I will or uh would want to hear <laughs> right I mean <laughs> so it would be just a lot of reiterating what a lot of a lot of other people have actually put in a lot of time to to figure out themselves as usual. a lot of my comments are <laughs> anecdotal
1: <laughs> <laughs> well okay and and your comments are kind of you know what i what I'm after a bit here. Okay, so my first question I've got for you: Have you been tabletop gaming online more since
0: since self isolation? I or? have been a little bit, yes, but like I I had never done it before, like literally, very incredibly rarely. I think the extent of it would be like through playing through the ages on on the on the, the game specific app. But yeah, myself and some of the Encourageables have been playing a few board games, uh, just hopping on Skype. Not actually through any of these, though, they're, depending on the type of game that you are looking to play, there are lots of them that lend themselves uh, more easily to be played over Skype or Zoom without any additional uh, web-based program or, or download app or anything, right? We specifically, we played uh, Just One, which is like, you know, it's a party game. You're all kind of working together, trying to get, Spe- get one person to guess a specific word by writing down other related words for that person to look at and try to figure out. And then, of course, you cross out any duplicates amongst the rest of the players because they're all choosing their word in secret, right? And then uh, if you and I both have Apple as our words, our word's no longer valid, and the guesser doesn't even get to see that we've written Apple, right? So it's very fun. It works very, very easily. You know, someone just needs to have a copy of the game because it comes with cards with a different, you know, bunch of words on it but like like these games though that are obviously easy to implement uh over the internet are more often than not the games that are easy to replicate without actually having to buy a physical copy right like <laughs> <laughs> that's always kind of what it is and other and games like like roll and Rights. um there have been lots of people uh who was i think it was girls game shelters just, just had a a stream a few uh weeks ago of uh a game called Welcome 2. And it's simply they one, they have an app that you can literally download and it gives you your player map and you're just filling in houses on this in, in this neighborhood. And for those unfamiliar, roll and write is literally you roll some dice and you choose uh from the numbers that you are that you have rolled and apply them to your player mat, your specific unique uh or individual player mat, and try to score the most the most points, you know, the, depending on the game will depend on how the numbers interact with with the maps. Right. And welcome to is very fun. I had, I had not played it before and I had wanted to. Uh, I do like roll and rights the few that I've played and it worked great. I mean, all we had to do, we had um, we had one one camera set up with whoever the Detmers had the physical copy and they just had the camera pointed at the cards for for all of us to see. Because it's all with this specific game, anyways, or it's all communal, right? So everyone is choosing from the same pool and applying it to their own mat. So literally, you can play Welcome to with as many people as you have, like player mats for. Like you can play from like one to a hundred people. So there's games like that that work just so easily, and uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool. That's awesome. That is really cool. I know my family's talked
1: about giving getting into some sort of trivia kind of game. I haven't really done any research on it, but I mean, it's certainly something that uh, that I think is going to continue. I mean, I think certain people are going to enjoy it to the point that, like, hey, you know, let's keep doing this even after self isolation. My additional hope is that some games, like I, I go back to it, me wanting like a deluxe video game edition of twilight imperium 4 like maybe some companies will start to rush or think that they got to get these games out there because damn if i would not love to have a game of twilight imperium 4 and self-isolation right now
0: that would be very very cool that would be very difficult to orchestrate with a physical copy of it on a table you know i mean like we we have done that in the past with a single player being remote and I think it worked fairly smoothly, actually. Very surprisingly, it, it, right? It like, did, yeah, it did work actually
1: great. Um, But doing that with every player having a physical board, that's the problem. Exactly.
0: Yes, because everyone would need their own physical board, at least for it to be the easiest way to, to implement it. But could you imagine, okay, if you had a six-player game of TI4, the way that we had had it set up. Because the way we had set up, our remote player... Uh, he had his own copy and we just du- we had bo- we basically had two duplicates of the board that was going on and uh we did have our board on a webcam for the remote player joe to yeah. to to look at right but he was still so he had a better view himself and and was manipulating the board on his end as well and making all the changes that the other five of us in the in the room together were making can you imagine six different people managing six different <laughs> uh, boards and shit like that
1: it it it'd be it be hell the 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 destroyer's the big one that you only have one of right yeah, I moved that two turns ago <laughs> <You're> no Moby! <laughs> no that is not the destroyer <laughs>
0: uh, but uh yeah that's i mean god the de- some of the projections that are going on just how long this shit is gonna last uh i I would not be surprised uh at at some of the turnaround time for maybe some of this stuff to to start pouring out
1: well i mean we're this episode drops april 15th 2020 and my bet is we will be doing two more episodes meaning two more months of this shit where where we have two regular episodes drop and i think by the time we get to mid-june we'll start to hear about some things being rolled back or starting to be rolled back yeah but I think what we'll do for listener up oh, putting you on the spot is we'll have to finally get our asses in gear and do a special whether that's finally doing our long awaited trilogy review or something like that. But yeah, uh, we yeah, should we absolutely. should give listener a little bit more uh, content there. Man, I'm just trying to think if I have any other questions for you. I thought I, I had one, but I'm kind of forgetting
0: it well well i mean yeah we've just to date only talked about tabletop games but i mean this applies to tabletop rpgs as well and i i do think that when it comes to role playing games online accessibility is 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 one thing that has in, entirely been utilized to its near full extent even well before any of the self isolation right. stuff you know like every because every every like stream uh, You know, like Twitch stream, it's like everyone's remote. Everyone's always playing from remote. So I don't know that there have been any significant upticks on that side compared to like tabletop gaming where there's clearly been an impact and uh, very clearly will continue to be an impact for the industry itself moving forward even after all of this is settled. We may find that some publishers decide that they can focus their efforts on online play and, and and make a living that way. And that could be a viable strategy for some of these smaller publishing companies. Maybe there's less overhead, less hassle with physical stuff, right? <laughs> like there's so many, there's so much, there's so many implications for literally everything <laughs> that we will be experiencing moving forward. It's just, it's, it, it, we could be here speculating for, for fucking hours, right? We could, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's really cool to, well, to just, to speculate, which is what we do. We just blow, you know, stuff out of our ass and don't don't actually do any research. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's cool to speculate where things go. And it's interesting what you say. I mean, I remember, I believe it was 2009 or 2010, I was part of a D&D group. Now that group was in person, but it used a piece of software so that the DM hid with his laptop and uh, via HDMI cord projected onto his suspended tv screen as wall-mounted tv screen um where all our characters were now it wasn't anything fancy you know it was just top-down perspective um but it did have line of sight and stuff like that so he could see where all the monsters were and move them but we couldn't unless they're in line of sight and it was awesome and i believe we did do one remote session for that via skype or something and it, and it worked pretty well I mean, you go like, yeah, you know, 2010. Well, we're getting old, buddy. That was 10 years ago now. <laughs> so yeah 10, yeah. 10 years ago, that technology for RPG gaming um, existed, and this specific program again, I forget the name, but it was meant that you could use it with basically any uh, RPG. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was probably Roll Twenty. Yeah, yeah. roll Rule Twenty is a very popular one. We, I mean, we use I use Roll Twenty for the incredible Party and stuff. Uh, but there's so many other. Like, I mean, uh, Fantasy Grounds is very popular of just basically being an all-around campaign tracker, right? Uh, Those are very popular. Yeah, it's always been easy to play RPGs online, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, easier, I suppose, than other, other types of hobbies, maybe.
1: Well, and I think that's because, you know, we call it a pen and paper RPG for the most part, and even when you're sitting in person with other players, you mostly have your own pen, your own paper and your own set of dice. At least we did. We all had our own dice from the beginning. So that's different than another tabletop game where it's one set of dice, one board, everything is centralized. RPGs have always been very decentralized mm, in that way.
0: So yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's funny that, uh, like Wizards of the coast has really been i think you know unexpectedly gearing themselves up for what is happening right now like they've been yeah. working on d and d beyond for forever right like the beta's been out for for a few years now, and it is very very slick we just uh had all my players they've they've uploaded their characters and made a virtual character sheet through d and d beyond you know it tracks all their equipment uh it brings up their spell list and gives you. The what the spell literally does from your character sheet, uh, it, it's it, it is very it's very smooth. Uh, I still personally prefer having a paper character sheet and rifling through my player handbook and my books, my physical books. But to each their own. Um, yeah, it just it just makes things very very easy. And and the the cool thing about that specific implementation of D D Beyond is that. It's incredibly easy to use, even if you were physically all at a table. Like you literally can just bring up your phone or or, or your tablet or whatever and have everything there. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's 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 pretty cool.
1: Um, what what? Just in case listeners interested, do you know the price point for D and D Beyond?
0: Uh, D, well, there is a free uh, okay. part of it. You can sign up for the free beta, and basically, how D and D Beyond works is. You don't buy, it's not like a, I don't believe it's a subscription based. but what you do is you buy the virtual books, ah, which gives you okay. access to it. But the, inter- the cool thing is, if I say, if I bought all of the books, say I, bu- I spent like three to 500 bucks on all of the books on everything, maybe, or whatever the price point is, right? I start a campaign. Anybody that I invite and join into my campaign also has access to all those books. So your nice. play group can go in and pitch in for as many books as that play group would want. That is awesome. That is yeah. very
1: progressive, when they could have easily gone in the cash grab direction and just say, "Well, I mean, everyone has their own account. You got to buy your own books." Absolutely. Um. Yeah. No that that's really good. And, you know, from Wizards of the Coast, who I want to rip for suddenly deactivating magic uh, duels in oh, exchange no. for the new magic. Yeah, which I'm sure I'll probably get because I'm Moby and I like playing ga- games of Magic online, but. I, I guess in a way that's that also speaks to Wizard somehow being ready for, you know, pandemic because they just released a new magic online and I'm sure would be fairly popular anyways, but I'm sure it'd be more popular now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it'll, it'll be easy where it is, or It'll be No, not easy. It'll be fun to see where this uh, ends up in a few months just to see the development that happens here. And the changes in a few months, though, I think we both can agree once all this crap ends, people will be very happy to have board games in person again.
0: I think so. Yeah, I, I really do think so. I mean, you just see and hear all these uh, reports of people missing just physical, like plutonic physical contact with their friends, right? Like, I do.
1: That's the only contact yeah. I ever had.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh... Just kidding, listener. But I had to. Wow, well, 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 and you know what? Like that's uh, physical physical touch and interaction is such a huge thing of being human, mm-hmm. right? Like it's such a it's so ingrained to into into culture and and, and uh, social conformities and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, it can be a real struggle for some people. It is.
1: I mean, I'm used to you know picking up a microphone from you, smacking your ass on the way out. Now I can't do it.
0: There you so go. Least uh, now you have to, you have least, to use a six foot stick if you want to do that. <laughs> at least
1: for a few months, yeah. Poke you with a stick.
0: How's that? Feel hey, out? we might actually Not get good. use out of those ho- out of our hockey sticks now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't been playing for three yeah, years. Lord so. we haven't.
0: You know what though? The nice upside is it has been incredibly nice here the last like week. It is yes. so nice. It's so it's getting so warm already. It's
1: oh, it's it's absolutely gorgeous weather. I I know this is kind of an aside, but I mean. You know, besides, you know, geeky stuff like we talk about, which is always indoors. Listener, it is important to get some exercise. Uh, have you taken up running again? I think you're mentioning right. Uh,
0: I I'm, I'm, I have yet to. You I do yet. want to. I need to fucking move, man. <laughs> I need to move.
1: This is the day I start to work out, right? Yeah. Isn't incorrigible <laughs> yeah, right. say? 2.0, this is the day I start to run.
0: Me too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah, I need. I need something. I need to do something.
1: Well, do you want to roll on to segment two, the one we really want to talk about?
0: Let's get into it. This is going to be a weird one. It's going to be a shit show. All right. Like it always
1: is. Listener, it's time for video game variety show. Time to review Resident Evil 3. I would like to growl Resident Evil 3, but like many traditional and beloved parts of Resident Evil games, this game doesn't have it foreshadowing i did notice
0: that yeah i did notice that you know what i do like though on the title screen they they've you know technically dropped the subtitle uh, from the original but on the title screen it just shows resident evil 3 and then literally has nemesis right next to it so it it still reads almost as resident evil 3 nemesis (laughs) it
1: does it does now would it be safe to describe your feelings towards this game as complex cuz i feel you've done a bell curve of like oh hating the, you hated the am, game
0: and then it got a little bit better i am in a glass case of emotions on this game i, <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand it i can't i am confounded myself on how i feel about this game i i don't get it i really do hope that this will serve as some type of therapy session for me to work through my feelings <laughs> and really settle <laughs> upon how and and why i feel the way i do about this game uh, yeah i don't know this game is i think so so going into it if you had talked to me last a week ago about this game uh this would be a, a very 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 negative <laughs> segment <laughs> very, very, for, very for, negative. for me yeah. um but now it's going to be a little more positive and I, I am glad that i did have the time to to delve more into the game and allow uh some of my finer thoughts on a uh, time to coalesce a little more but I also uh, kind of that that sour note immediately was comparing it directly to Resident Evil Two Remake, right? And I am going to try to do that to not to do that for this the entirety of this review at least, anyways. But there are certainly aspects where we you, you just it's inevitable that it will be compared.
1: I, I I agree. Um, in fact, I I you know I think it's admirable that you're trying to separate it from RE2, but I think the fact that RE3 was always a sequel slash prequel to RE2 went through some of the same places in Raccoon City, and the fact that this particular game was both rushed, so Resident Evil 2 is very fresh for us. We were playing it this time last year, and it was new. And then Resident Evil 3 also uses the Resident Evil engine. Now, I have no problem with that engine to make games. Um, My point would be is that, it is a very unique looking aesthetic that I like, but it does make it look just like Resident Evil 2 remake um, as well. So I'll be honest with you. I had a lot of trouble uh, separating RE3 from RE2, um, in which case I thought RE2 was a masterful remake. Um, and I even have trouble like not comparing Nemesis to Mister X. X,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: And I'll tell you that Mister X compares. Uh, d- listen to what I'm saying, here listener. Mister X compares very favorably to Nemesis in regards to how he shows up, if he's scary or not. Fear, like I, I just want to dive into so many things. Um, and it's like, wh- where do we even start? Like, I want to ask you about <laughs> general feelings. But it's so hard to articulate just general feelings for this game because a- am I having fun? Yes, um I I'm, I'm having technical issues with the game. so confession, listener, I haven't been able to beat it. I'm having some sort of graphical error. The graphics are fine in game, but my game keeps getting an orange screen of death after 10 or 15 minutes of play, hmm. uh, which is highly annoying. That's for real. I-, I think I have a good handle on it so far, and the game is both fun. It's also incredibly disappointing. It feels incredibly rushed. It, it really does. And I have a lot of negatives to discuss. Have you ever played... Okay, so I'll start with this question. Did you ever play RE3 for PlayStation? No. No.
0: Okay. But I have, since playing the remake, watched a number of uh, speedruns of the original. And so, so I do have a, a general idea of what was left out for the remake.
1: Well, okay, so here's one of the things. It was very cool and unique at the time, the Nemesis scenarios in the original game. Nemesis would come and you would have a number of decisions what you could do with him. You could maybe try to shoot something to electrocute him. You could try to maybe instead throw a grenade at him Or one option was always doing nothing. And then I think another option was always to fight him. Or you'd either way have to fight him if you did one of the two things or did nothing. And this was like a real-time event. Like, while you're waiting to make a decision, Nemesis was walking towards you. And if you didn't make a decision in time, that decision was made for you. Which was no decision. Right. And the problem is, in this one nemesis really only seems to manifest in two ways number one and again i haven't beat the game so you can correct me if this changes but is a very linear chase sequence which is he starts to chase and you pretty much have one way to go in that way may have the occasional branch that's a little dead end but you really just have one way to go you know you'll you'll run and down a hall and then there's a bundle of wood and you have to click to throw the bundle of wood to slow him down and you continue going down the straight hall until the hall turns right and you just do that until you escape him same situation where he has his rocket launcher with his laser sight you're running away from him and this laser sights on you and it's kind of tense Mind you, I mean he's he's firing mighty might firecrackers at you in regards to the <laughs> spread, the spread of explosive. No rocket launcher in history has less of an area of effect than those rockets. They murder if they, they hit you head on, but otherwise they don't do much. But you're again, you're running through a very linear part of a linear city. And the second thing with Nemesis is, you know, when you, you have to battle him in an enclosed area. I uh, that's a bit more fun. He's quite strong. He has huge weapons and stuff like that. But the the kind of creativity that you had in the original RE3 to fight him is missing in this game.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a that's a, a huge misstep. I cannot believe that that was not implemented in this. How easy would it have been able for them to like to like, even yeah. even just surface level decisions that give the appearance of agency for the player right. is literally would have improved this game leaps and bounds. Like lie to me, fucking lie to me as it is, <laughs> as it is the shit you're slinging at me. I don't want it. So tell, tell me it's a burger and serve me a shit sandwich. And I might be a little more lenient. <laughs> like, <you're> like, <laughs> no, I, I, I get
1: it. I get it because um besides Nemesis resident evil three never really had a selling point. It's, a, yeah. it's always been one of the shortest Resident Evil games. It was rushed the first time around either, so they basically, they, they've rushed a game twice. And when you separate Nemesis from it, all it is is running around the streets of Raccoon City for a bit, running into a reduced version of the police precinct, like with more locked doors and less to do there. And then, you know, a couple new characters, you go to a hospital, you make an escape. With, like yeah with with a shitty nemesis there's not much to this game it, it it almost feels like a poorly done re2 expansion that should have been a 15 dollar dlc that came out about this time
0: uh yes if, if if that's one of the points i really had i mean man i'm looking at some of my notes that i was taking down as i was going through my first playthrough and they're, they're, very, angry. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're very angry so, no, so
1: to no. you it feels like dlc you agree with me
0: yes if this was a if this was even a 39.99 dlc i would have been much more happy with the, the value of it but a full price game for this is a fucking ripoff this is a ripoff at full price straight up a fucking ripoff uh now One thing that I assume neither of us are going to touch is the quote-unquote free multiplayer mode that you get with this game. Now, obviously, any design time that they put into that multiplayer mode was a fucking waste of time that sure went into this main game. Yes. This is so fucking bullshit. So bullshit. Why do they continue to do this with the Resident Evil franchise? They hit a sweet spot, and then they push it right over the fucking edge of it. And they move far past it. Why do they do this? I don't understand it.
1: Nobody wanted it. Everybody would have traded the world to have a great RE3 single-player campaign. Right. I mean, if you're remaking the fucking game, do it right. Take the time. And they didn't. And you're right. They got distracted. They they were rushed. They were lazy. Yeah, m- might, I, might I want to hit on how um raccoon city is populated with the clones of four people would you like me to hit on that Oh, as, that's, as yes that's
0: so brutal that's it's, so
1: it, oh it is so bad like listener so there's quite a few zombies in the game but you'll fight the exact same zombies in the same clothing with the same faces so often often in the same hallway and you'll be like really this is this is 2020 like yeah. you can't make 10 or 15 different facial designs it's not like they have a ton of polygons
0: all they have to do is just growl and get shot i know right well and you you will also even get the same zombie face model in different clothes when you're in the hospital and you need a doctor they're in a lab coat (laughs) right or when they're in the streets and you need a police officer they're in a cop uniform like it's 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 really brutal and it and it, it it can very easily be distracting like the, oh, so the, the thing was, other than the zombies, every other creature you encounter in here strictly has a cameo. Yeah, that's that's the best way to describe yep. it for myself. They they get a cameo in this game. Both you know the the the, the drain demos, uh, both versions of the hunters. Like and and, and you know what the the hunter. Uh, what's the second type? The betas, right? Hunter beta. Yes. Those yeah. fuckers. Uh, they look very cool though. The models. They look very, very good. I do like them. They look intimidating. They look scary. But the one player that I feel conf- at all confident about facing them is Jill. And, like, you can completely avoid facing any of them as Jill. Like, all of the Carlos sections suck. Carlos oh, man. sucks. His weapons suck. He has no single weapon that has any type of bite. And... Nope. When he has to go up against these hunters, it is very difficult. And on higher difficulties, it's they're just bullet sponges. Uh, so I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the difficulties right now because some of that actually lends towards some of my positive points. So I'll save on some of that stuff. But I really did not, my first playthrough did not have a good time with Carlos's parts in this game. They were just so boring and very vanilla. Because uh, he he goes through the through the police station so you see um you know you see a little bit of nods to re2 which some of them are cool but they also assume that you've played re2 remake so that just lends even more credence to how this really is dlc yes, for re2 absolutely so like i don't know it just there's really lazy does does come down to it so I know the original RE3 did implement, again, this kind of, uh, uh, what was it called, emergency evade system, right, in the original RE3, yes. which uh, obviously is the predecessor of RE3 Remix Dodge system, right, and perfect Dodge system. Would you, at, at, at the, my again, my first, this all these c- comments until I state otherwise, are based on my first playthrough. I fucking hated that Dodge system. It was so... I I well, I was I was shit at it and I didn't even want to bother it because I was get, I was having so much trouble attempting to do it and getting penalized so 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 badly for it that I just no I'm not going to bother I'm going to play as if I'm playing RE2 and evade the zombies that way. And the problem with that is you can make it through a certain point in the game and do it but then you hit you hit some of the the final bosses and if again on higher difficulties especially if you cannot hit those dodges literally 100% of the time, you cannot finish those fights.
1: Yep. No, I, I completely agree. Like, like I agree to the point of saying I play exactly like you do. I stopped dodging early on because it just wasn't working. And by punishing, um, it means, you know, you, you're much more likely to get grabbed and chewed. And so, I, I mean, I basically did one of two things. I, I avoid the zombies by simply running by them, which I think you were alluding to you know, those enemies, just avoiding them. Or I would go for like sniper shots on their head, which again was an RE2 make thing that I, that's that's how I played the game. But honestly, there's been times where I've died and had to restart. And I'm like thinking in my mind, do I want to try to just dodge my way through this? No, I'll do it again. I'm doing it my <laughs> way. I'm going for headshots or avoiding. And this is the only fun way to play. And I completely agree with you on Carlos's weapons. I mean, Jill is a badass. And one of my criticisms is the voice acting in this game, I think, is actually really
0: good for voice acting, but the script is really bad. The dialogue is atrocious. Yes, that is one huge point I had. It's bad. It's such
1: a weird situation because usually in video games, I mean, these are video games, you have bad dialogue combined with bad voice acting. So it's just bad all around or like laughable. But now you have good voice actors trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. (laughs) <laughs> and, and like, like, Jill randomly hates Carlos and constantly rags on him. And you're kind of going, okay, well, I guess he's a member of this Umbrella team. She hates Umbrella. But Carlos really does nothing bad to her. And to me, he seemed pretty quickly to be a decent person. But Jill's constantly just, you know, dropping F-bombs on him. And, you know, I don't mind, you know, having a lot of profanity in in a Resident Evil game because, you know, all the players now are 30 plus for the most part, or a lot of them are, you know, it's not we're teenagers anymore who played the original, but like Jill isn't Jill to me. And that's one of the criticisms I have in so many ways. She's just got such a different personality. And uh, but yeah, Carlos's weapons do suck. Mm. Oh, my goodness. They're brutal. It's like, I'd, I'd rather have your airsoft shotgun. And fight the zombies. <laughs> yeah, right. Carlos's guts. They take as many hit to put someone down.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I the dialogue was a huge thing. I had too. the the very last line. Oh my god, I wrote it down. This is the last line that Jill delivers at the very end of the game, and she's in that helicopter, and Raccoon is getting Raccoon. City is getting nuked. Get she's contemplating it. on it. Right? She says, "It wasn't man-made monsters that caused all this death. It was greed, human greed." Wow. Like Th- what the fuck does that mean? Thank what? you. Thank you,
1: Gordon Gecko in Wall Street 3. <laughs> <laughs> like, like honestly, that's 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 so cheesy. That's like an all so... time cheese ball Resident Evil thing up there it's with so Master stupid. of Unlocking and Jill Sandwich.
0: So stupid.
1: Okay, and again I go like, well, is this a function because they were rushed that they couldn't have someone good writing a script was localization bad because it was rushed i don't know i here's here, this is the problem of having a triple a title that you rush like a year after a masterpiece that came before it you know i i quote this line that we always say privately amongst ourselves from battlestar galactica this has all happened before and will happen again when you do <laughs> these rush jobs and Part of me honestly almost wonders. Now, listener, breaking news. I have seen it on other sites, by the way, Leland. Resident Evil 4 remake has already been greenlit a few days after the Resident Evil 3 remake. Now, Resident Evil 3 back in the day, you know, was a game and sold some copies. But Resident Evil 4 was the big shit. And I tend to believe Capcom really just wanted to do RE3 to get to RE4. Oh, I think they see dollar signs. You know it's going to sell. We're going to buy it. We'll never play the original again, you and I, because we played it so many fucking times together. You mean Ghost Marty? We will buy the remake. And I will. We can't help it, and so will the rest of the world because of how popular RE4 was. Yeah.
0: So I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get away from the actual review here, but I do want to touch on RE4 a little bit and kind of comment on this time last year when we were reviewing Resident Evil 2 Remake, right? The only thing we had was speculation on whether or not Resident Evil 3 was even going to get a remake, and this time this year reviewing it, we already know the next game is getting a remake. so I don't know what what like that speaks for itself as far as I'm concerned as right. far as Capcom's Capcom's vision, but I do think your theory really holds some water about them just wanting to get to re four. I mean re4 was put on so many different goddamn consoles that game was an enormous seller for Capcom yeah they want a piece of it they
1: want more of it. They want more of it and they could not get to it without making this game. They're skipping Code Veronica. A lot of people are saying, why do you why are you skipping Code Veronica? I would say that. Reasonably popular game. It was for, I think, PlayStation 2, but it looks very dated now. I own it. So that one was the natural next one to remake if they're doing this chronologically. The fact that they're jumping right to RE4 tells me that that's what they wanted all along. And... Fr- frankly there was no way you were going to skip re3 to get to re4 they had to right. do it so they rushed it they got a game that takes people between three to six hours and that six hours is being generous unless you're me because you want to stare at every crack in the wall um <laughs> you know they so they put out this short piece of rushed shit and say be happy about it it's you know a full-priced 80 game go have fun and that's that's, again, you know, we go back to DLC, but price point was important too here. Had they released this for $39, bucks, i would probably, you know, think differently.
0: I I honestly think it would be reflected in my score by at least a full point. Like, really? Uh, yeah, okay. Like, I don't know really how much more negatives you specifically have. But, yeah, the, the, the game on the lower difficulty, it's boring. This game is just boring. Yeah. Nemesis is strictly a set piece, like you said incredibly linear now do now i could only think of your your rush conspiracy theory for re4 and it just makes so much sense and kind of almost invalidate some of these questions i want to ask you but do you think though that they went this route with re3 to specifically differentiate it from re2 like did they did they feel you think they felt like they had to make it some different in some way and this was the way they chose to go with it because man there is a lot of the original that they just completely omitted there's no puzzle solving in this game whatsoever in which there was quite a bit of in RE3 you know there's so, there's there's a ton of different enemies even even boss boss monsters in RE3 that just are not in yeah in this um do you think actually in any of these remakes that we're going to get like some of these large animals, like the the, the big spider things, like we're, we're never going to see those in these, these right? Do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the silver lining. So
1: be, because I really believe my own conspiracy theory that Capcom wanted to get to RE4, and by the way, I think the release date for it's um, like twenty late 2021 or early 2022. So they are going to spend more time on it. Um, I think because that's their little critical darling that they are going to spend more time on it, at least I hope. Um, but to answer your question, I would say two things happen. I, I would honestly say like they wanted to make it the opposite of unique. I think they went, okay, our RE2 remake scored. That was a critical success. Players loved it too. Great. Now let's make RE3 even more like RE2 make. But also we've gotta rush it, just get it done so we can rush to RE four. So I think it was a combination of actually trying to to truly make it just a a prequel slash sequel to RE two, which is fine, but not at that price point and not the way they marketed it. But also I really do believe in my own conspiracy theory that it that it was a
0: rush. But this game is not like our this game is nothing like Resident Evil Two. So, if that was their intent, then they completely, 100% failed in making this game like RE2. It doesn't even feel like Resident Evil 3. It looks like RE2, like you said, but yeah. it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't play like it.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I can't latch on to any success to tell you, Leland, that they were successful here. Right. Like, every way I look at it, 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 it was a failure. Now, this is not the worst game I've ever played. And we're going to get into, you know, some good stuff about it. And, and I'm having fun to a degree but this is not at all a great game and i i can't pick something successful for you and how they design the game because if it feels different than re3 re3 the streets and stuff like that were not very linear at all there was lots of branching paths that you could take from the beginning i can't tell you how many times i got lost in the streets they were way bigger in this game like busted cars and barricades and garbage Somehow the garbage being where all the toilet paper in the world went, that all directs you (laughs) down certain paths. This game has so much toilet paper, listener. You'd never be short of toilet paper again. The fucking Kendo gun shop is half-stocked with toilet paper.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I I see a lot of people saying like, uh, and and forgivingly saying like, oh, RE3 is a much bigger game than RE2. So this is probably why they made some of the decisions on recycling assets and how the frame rate drops 30 feet from Jill <laughs> like to a fucking crawl, to, to literally to the point where it sometimes make it difficult to land some of these snipe show headshots with a pistol yeah. on these zombies because they stutter. They literally stutter. It's, do. it's fucking ridiculous. It is fucked up. Very poorly optimized. Very poorly
1: optimized. And this is with an old engine that they've been using since RE7 back in yeah. 2017. Yeah. Again, genius game, but no. I just want to see to this game, no. And when you say, yeah, people are saying it's a bigger game, does it feel bigger to you no. than RE2? Hell no. Hell no. No. Just because it's outside in parts doesn't make it bigger to me yeah you know because when outside is just a bunch of barricades funneling you down a a glorified hallway except you can look at the sky fine that just doesn't feel big to me nothing about this game feels big to me nothing about this game feels like anybody honestly really cared Hmm. and my final piece of bad stuff i i just feel like it's a lot of flash i feel like it's like run 10 steps, shoot something, and then there'll be a cut scene that they try to make really cool and then run to the next cut scene and then run to the next, you know, short five-minute run away from Nemesis sequence to another cut scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like a car built out of chrome, not built out of steel. That was my, my last point.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, the the... This like standard and hardcore difficulties of this game are just so there's three distinct sections where all you do for gameplay is hold the movement stick forward to move Jill. <laughs> yeah. And it's literally always either uh either crawling you're on the ground crawling from Nemesis, or it's got a tentacle on you and you're crawling away from it before something blows up that you have no uh agency in making do so. It is part of a cutscene, or you or you you're running. From a, a mutated nemesis, like like literally, there are three distinct instances where you're just holding the stick that you can't skip because it's technically g- gameplay. Uh, it's so brutal. um I don't know. As as we batch this thing as we
1: traditionally do, let's let's start to mosey into the good stuff there. And I'm very curious on your end how your experience changed going to the more difficult setting.
0: So I feel like. Uh, I feel like my opinion has done, a, did a complete 180 playing this on Nightmare, which I finished and I'm about halfway through on Inferno at the time of recording. Um, so these, so so Nightmare is to Inferno as standard is to Hardcore as far as uh, gameplay strategies implemented and, and the ramp in, in difficulty. Although I do think in Nightmare Inferno, the, the uh, difficulty uh, assistant or whatever it's called, multipliers is larger and more exponential, I think. Uh, I'm not entirely sure actually how that works either. <laughs> I don't really know. But, so, like, starting with Nightmare on Inferno, um, item placement and enemy placement and enemy uh, population varies. And I don't know. It, it 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 literally made this whole game fresh. And it actually made some sections of it tense. Still not near as tense and like claustrophobic as RE2 feels in a lot in the majority of that game, but it it did actually make some of these segments more intense and more fun for me. As I and I and I did eventually get better at using the dodge. The I think I, I finished on Nightmare. I think it was like I said, like seven and a half hours on Nightmare, and four of that was literally on the last boss literally more than half of that runtime was trying to beat that last boss. And that doesn't include the times where I like rage quit and turn it off and then reload it back in after like a day. Um, So I put in like a lot of hours trying to do that. And that is again, because if you, if you can't hit the dodge perfectly, you're fucked. It often has a series of attacks where it will do three or three to five attacks uh, all in a row at varying speeds. And if you if you got hit on the first attack of three, you cannot recover in time to attempt to even attempt to dodge the second wow and then and then you're and you're dead in two hits so i f- I feel like it should have just killed me in one hit. I would have been like happier right. with that honestly so I don't know obviously this dodge mechanic is it, they've they've made it a backbone of uh the gameplay, and I think that was a mistake, yeah ultimately. But I still immediately after beating on Nightmare started the game on Inferno. So I don't know what the fuck that says. I don't know. I I, I just feel like there's more merit uh, for for me to play these at higher difficulties.
1: Now uh, Inferno is Inferno just harder than like Nightmare?
0: Or, yeah. Or does it just change things too? No. 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 So. So. Uh, like standard and hardcore, all the stuff and enemies will be in the same spot, but hardcore is diff- more difficult. Same with Nightmare and Inferno. It's like almost think of it as like these two pairs of, st- of game, really, cause, because uh, the enemies get really hard. Uh, like the zombies develop like a double lunge. So even if wow. you can get away from the first lunge, they continue again and lurch again. And sometimes on Inferno, even if you get a perfect dodge, they can do a quick turn and will just grab you anyways as you're running past them, which is really frustrating. <laughs> that does sound frustrating. Very frustrating.
1: I mean, so okay, so here are my positives. Other than the fact that I'm still enjoying playing it for all the bad stuff. It does feel relatively fast paced for me, uh, because if you're not moving, zombies will sneak up for you know to you from behind. Uh there's some sequences in tight hallways. Like, I remember one time I had, like, four zombies in a liquor. That was really intense. Oh, fuck. I I really enjoyed going back through the police precinct. That's always been one of my favorite places in Resident Evil. I, a lot of it, of course, is reused assets from RE2, so it was kind of cool to go in there in a different situation. I, I know this is a tiny touch, but I was talking to you boys about it in, like, our little uh, Facebook messenger. I really liked how it used RE2's th- uh, save room music, a remix of it, inside the precinct instead of the RE3 save room music. I just thought that was a kind of a cool, nostalgic touch. Hmm. You know what I You know what I actually... Okay, I don't want to go into a negative, but there's that part in the men's showers where the guy says that he was going to lock himself in a locker because like, he was becoming a zombie. So, okay... The men's room is filled with lockers, and somehow Carlos intuitively knows the exact locker that actually has the guy and says, the guy, I won't yeah. open it. He'll right. open every other locker, because every other locker he just senses is
0: safe, yeah. but he
1: won't open the one with the guy in it.
0: All right. And I, I just found that really, really weird. Well, you know what? That's kind of more sliding in the negatives, but I have a few nitpicky things like this. So at the very beginning, one, okay, pause, pause. Let's start with pause. The opening sequence of this game is great. Yes. With Escaping Joe's apartment from Nemesis. Very cool, very cinematic. Kind of really does set the tone for how the rest of the game is going to play out, right? As far as yeah. its... It, well, I, don't, I use the word intensity, but that's not... Through gameplay, you don't get that intensity. But again, through every little set piece with Nemesis, you get a bit of intensity, right? All the cutscenes are look very good and are very cool action things, right? But when you're running through so so Brad calls Jill and warns her and says, "Hey, get the hell out of there. This, this is the Nemesis coming basically, right?" You get down in, in in the streets, literally around the corner from her apartment and you see Nemesis Nemesis's open uh case thing in the street, right? Why did the Nemesis go to Brad first then? He was literally less than a block from Jill's apartment. How does Brad? Why did how does Brad get attacked by Nemesis first and can call Jill and warn her when literally he's like yeah. fifty feet from Jill's apartment. What the fuck?
1: It's a. It, it was like hunting her would be too easy or some shit. Oh, I guess so. He he hates Brad as much as the longtime player,
0: so he
1: has to go <laughs> for Brad.
0: And and it it, it felt like uh, there was near the end a bit it was like sections of this game that were just missing and like they should have added. Why don't we get a final part with Carlos um, near the end? I mean, I, you know, you're not even there yet. But like, there's a section. Or Carlos just, like, again, disappears and it transitions to Jill, and then it feels like we should have still had another smaller sequence with Carlos, and they could have done something with it. and it would have padded the runtime and maybe made it feel a little better, too. Well, and we don't get the clock tower either. Uh right. The clock
1: tower used to be a whole dungeon to itself in RE3. Yeah. Now it's relegated to a single boss fight. Now it is. And, yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like like the character models are fine. They look good other than the, you know, the zombies are repetitive, but the main characters and you know Nikolai and and that crew, they look fine. You know, the guns look fine. The upgrades for them are fun. Uh documents are good, but they're so obvious. It's like, "Oh, found a document in this room that says I have to turn a safe left 3, right 9, left 5." I wonder where the safe in the very next room is going to be. Right, right, right. There, there is stuff like that. Um, I mean, the game looks good. The, the, the Resident Evil engine, the RE engine, uses very highly detailed scans of real life objects to make up a lot of it. So you will look at, say, a desk or a wall that pretty much crosses the uncanny valley. Because it's such a high-quality scan of an object that actually exists in real life. So all the imperfections of that wood grain and stuff like that come through. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm taking so long to get to it is because so many of the objects in it are are gorgeous. Here, Here's a question for you. Like it's a really weird third person game. Okay. So it's third person over the shoulder, but I don't know if it's how I've set up my computer or what, but it feels like the character you're playing is offset to the left a lot. And that was really awkward for me from the beginning. What's it like for you on PS PS4 is the character like centered in screen? No,
0: I would say she's fairly, yeah, she's a little to the left. I think now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that placement.
1: It just it just bugged me. It just felt weird. Whereas you know Leon in RE4, you know, was over the shoulder. I would have much preferred the first person, like RE7. Um, I thought that was that was really good. But yeah, if it was gonna be over the shoulder, I would have preferred directly behind me. Hmm. Um, even just for gameplay's sake. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you have some other positives? You know what's so weird? It's weird Resident Evil having the bobblehead thing. They've had that in the last three games now. Those little click 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 bobbleheads. Yeah, yeah. They're they're kinda of fun to smash.
0: <laughs> they're really hard to find in our They universe. are hard to find. They are hard possible. To find. I think I found like five of them. <laughs> they're fucking difficult. I don't know where they could possibly be.
1: I I don't know, but there's that like annoying little click, 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 click when you're in the same room as one and you're like, where the fuck are you? And then you start machine gunning everywhere because you're getting so frustrated. You're like, I'm going to
0: find you, you bastard. Oh, you know what? I I honestly don't. I haven't heard that that sound trigger at all playing this game. I
1: wonder if it's only in Goo Goo Baby mode. Maybe that's a special thing they put there.
0: Well, maybe. But I mean, like, I assume you're also playing with headphones on. I am. Yes. I bet you that's what makes a difference. I, I bet you that makes a pretty difference as far as sound design goes. Yeah. it It is subtle. It is subtle. Like, yeah. it's not
1: like a huge click-click. It's, you know, a little thing that you pick up if you move slow. Yeah. Uh, which which is part of the reason why I move slow.
0: You know what really makes me mad, actually, about this game is when uh, how is how slow it takes the zombie to kill you when you know you're dead. Like, it literally takes yes. him, like, 15 seconds to actually get their mouth on your throat and rip it out <laughs> like just kill me like come on especially when i'm dying like fifth, upwards of 50 times in a playthrough just fucking kill me and get it over with like i know i'm dead like <laughs> just
1: just just end me you know what was a weird scene for me was the scene where nemesis with his little pea shooter rocket launcher blows the head off of the toy store that was so stupid as soon as those things started to fall i'm like oh resident evil 4 homage and then I thought I avoided it, but I couldn't the first time because I ran down the steps and I thought, okay, if I cross over here, the head will just roll by. No, even though it looked like it should have rolled by, it got I you. somehow basically got, not, but got killed by air. It going oh, by me. Oh,
0: that's frustrating.
1: And then when I did on the second time, when I got to the spot where you're supposed to hide, that head
0: took forever to roll past. Ah. And I'm just like... <laughs> That uh, thing killed me that literally killed me five times my first playthrough. I could not wow. be fast enough like, cuz you literally have to like turn around and then start running. Yes. And I I also kind of like I need a new PS4 controller honestly cuz the clicking the left stick to sprint or whatever whatever stick it is. Um sometimes I have to do it two or three times for it before the character actually starts to move, to sprint uh it's it's really annoying so i I was like misclicking a bunch of times with this sprint because and then god that was so stupid really weird like it felt out of place it's kind of funny because you like you actually do find a document that like of of a of a parents bitching about how rickety the yes. thing is as it sways in the wind yeah. you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was funny it's kind of funny it's yeah it's kind of funny but <laughs> it's so really stupid
1: you know what? Look, okay, so here's the change. Now we we keep going back into the things we don't like. How um Kendo at his gun shop is way less creepy than he was in the original RE2. Yeah. Like the original RE2 and 3. It's like he's a completely different character. He used to be, you know, wanting to hit on Claire and, uh, and Jill too. And now he's, you know, Mr. Responsible. Although I think he's got a daughter hidden away who's infected or some yeah. shit like that yeah I guess so much of this game is just weird, just changed missing it it's hard it's it's hard to find a lot of positives besides it looks decent and is kind of fun to just run through
0: it fails as a remake for sure
1: it it does i'm I'm very disappointed I'm very disappointed and I was disappointed after my first hour or so playing the game
0: yeah yeah, because I, I was really, really hyped for this because I just wanted more Resident Evil 2. Right. I just wanted more of that same experience, and I didn't get it uh, very clearly. And it very clearly wasn't, for me anyways, I very clear to me that it was not meant to be an emulation of that experience either. And it's just really weird how how much larger RE2 does feel when RE2 is supposed to feel claustrophobic. Like, that is so mind-boggling to me that RE3 can't even achieve what it apparently is touted to achieve. (laughs) Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Overpriced, very clearly the cash grab. I fully get on board with your theory of of wanting to push it through for RE4. And I don't know... I I know you haven't known here to, to talk about RE8, but with RE4 Remake, like, what... Are they going to change for that? Like, is that going to be more of a direct remake? Because I'm sure the both of us can think of some things in RE4 that we think could be taken out. But I don't know. I don't know how I'd actually feel about that.
1: The, the the worst thing I can say about RE3, you're right, I did put that point in, is that I'm not in the mood to discuss it. I'm I'm literally not in the mood to discuss it right now. Because <laughs> the best way of describing how I feel is deflated. Mm. And I need to probably go back and play RE2, make and RE7, to flush this out of my mind, and then be ready to talk about those games because it's it worries me. Sure, and and I love, and we will have a segment where we talk about RE4, um, and RE8, and what we'd like to see. But I think this discussion today has been a very good example of what we don't want to see. We don't want to see linearity. We don't want to see underused... Well, I should say overused uh, assets. We don't want to see large sections of the games we love cut out. We don't want to see shitty scripts. Yeah. There's not a lot to like here. And before I give my score, and I guess we're pretty close to giving scores, what I would say, listener, is I unequivocally do not recommend this game at this price. I say you should... Buy it no less than fifty percent off i I would say it would be worth actually probably waiting until next Christmas where they probably cut you know sixty seventy percent off it give it up for you know twenty bucks twenty five bucks something like that that would be my recommendation it's not the worst game I've ever played, but it's an incredibly disappointing game
0: yeah I Agree with all those sentiments. Right now on PSN, you can get Resident Evil 2 for under thirty dollars. Get Resident Evil 2. Yes. Do not get this one. Do not pay any more than thirty dollars for RE3. Do not pass go.
1: Do not collect. <laughs> do not collect Resident, Resident Evil 3.
0: 3. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't fucking do it. Uh, no, I, 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 I that like almost hurts me to say. I don't know why I feel this weird loyalties all of a sudden to the re3 mate because like i'm still playing it and i still want to finish it on inferno and that is without infinite ammo items by the way listener so um or any shop items actually uh other than samurai edge i yeah fuck you just just want to give us this number just wrap this shit up let's let's just let's just wrap this shit up yeah so what what do you give it leland uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a seven. you're gonna give it a seven. i'm gonna give it a seven. I believe I gave already to a nine yeah i I'm giving it a seven strictly because of because of the higher difficulties and my enjoyment on those difficulties rather than a hardcore. So my first playthrough was hardcore. I then went and uh, started going through on standard. Just to fuck around with an infinite pistol, and I didn't even finish it. I was so bored and annoyed with it. And then I, for for some reason, started. I played on nightmare and started to enjoy it again, and and yeah. and, and, and get scared. Well, not scared, but get get t- tense playing this game. And without my experience with the higher difficulties, this would have been a straight five. Well, I'm going to come in lower than you. Um,
1: and even though we we were in a high level of agreement about this game, why I'm going to come in lower than you is because I remember what I had. Having played through the original a couple times, the original RE3, I know what was there. I know what the feeling was. I know what the amount of content was. And so there's a possibly a bigger contrast for me than people that haven't played the original RE3 would find. And because of that, I'm going to give it a six. That's fair. Yeah, I, I'm a high rater on the show. Listener knows that. I tend to rate high. This is a game that deserves some scorn. It deserves some punishment. But more than just the negativity, because I've given a lot of negativity today, I'd like Capcom to learn from this. I, I'd like this to be a learning situation for them.
0: Yeah, don't, don't fuck up our RE4. No, don't. RE4 was like the first Resident Evil game that I actually ever played. So that's where my love of the franchise is rooted and comes from so i can only uh hope and pray that i don't have a similar juxtaposition between the two that you are having right now with three right right i guess only time will tell
1: only time will tell we'll be back here in a couple years there listener so yeah hit us up with some end of show stuff End
0: of show stuff uh you can visit our website see all of our show notes at ttpodcast.com. Uh, the T the Head Podcast on Facebook and TT Podcast on Instagram. I've been Leland Steele. I've been Moby. Take care, listener. Thanks, listener. Bye bye.